Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the word of God bless you today. Those words that we sing in that gospel acclamation, we could call that a Pentecost song because it talks about opening your saving word. You know what opens the saving word to us? The Holy Spirit. When we talk about letting it burn like fire within us, where we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about speaking until our hearts are stirred, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. So I just want to pray before we get into our gospel reading, I want to pray one more time for the Holy Spirit. I want to pray, oh God, that you would send your Holy Spirit to hover here among us today that indeed you would open our hearts and your saving word. May your word today burn like a fire within us. And will you speak and never stop speaking until every one of our hearts are stirred? Hallelujah. Amen. So our gospel reading is from the gospel of John in the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. So the disciple Philip, he was with the other disciples. They were with Jesus sometime before he was uh, to be arrested and crucified. They're all together, and Philip said to him, Lord, just show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus said to them, have, have I been with you all of this time, Philip? And you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I don't speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, if you do not, then believe because of the works themselves. Because very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these. Because I am going to the Father I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, the, whom the world cannot 
receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. I've said these things to you while I'm still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. So peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And I do not give as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Every year in Harrisburg, this little handbook comes out. It's got a, a, about this big. It's got a red cover. And on it in white letters are the words, where to go when you need help. So you've ever seen this little manual, this little guidebook, where to go when you need help. It's filled with all kinds of useful information about where there are emergency shelters and food pantries, clothing closets, and rental assistance. Our health ministry is listed in this book for those who need medical assistance. For those who are in an abusive situation, there are numbers to call for help. It's so handy to have a, a little book, just a little book you could go to and help folks who are facing some kind of crisis or another to know where to go for help, where to go when you need help. It would be nice to have a book like that for other kinds of situations, wouldn't it? Other kinds of crises or difficulties that we might face. Maybe, maybe you're having some kind of trouble in a relationship. You, you just don't know what to do to fix it. Wouldn't it be nice to just have a book you could go to and talk about you know, how, how to help with that significant other, that that parent, that, that child, that co-worker. Wouldn't it be nice to have a, a guidebook you could just go to tell me what to do when I need this kind of help? Or maybe you need help making a tough decision about work or family or some kind of big financial uncertainty. Where do you go when you need help with something like that? Uh, we were talking in Sunday school, it's hard to believe maybe for some of you that, that, that this month marks 50 years since Hurricane Agnes came through and pummeled Harrisburg, changed this city for decades. Some of you were here, you remember well those days when the Susquehanna River flooded, cresting at 32.6 feet. I'm told that the water in our home on 2nd Street reached the fourth step of our staircase on the fourth floor. My neighbor uh, just across the street 
He described, he lived there at the time, he was describing this great uncertainty watching the waters just creep up Radnor Street, wondering when they will stop or if they will stop as they approached his front door. What do you do in a situation like that? Where do you go for help? I read in the most recent issue of the Berg about the Young family. They were living in Shypoke. Aline, on that day, she called her husband Bob. He was at work in Wilkes-Barre. She called to tell him that the river was getting really high. She says, it looks really bad. And Bob, you know, Bob, he just kept telling her, it'll be okay. She kept calling, it's, it's, getting, it's getting high, Bob. It'll be okay. And then, you know what? It, it was not okay. She had to, to get out, and her, her brother decided he, he, he would come to, to get her. She took her curtains and put them up on the windowsill, thinking that that might save at least those things. It did not. And then she got out of there. First, they went to her mother's house. But then that was evacuated. Then they went to her grandmother's house, and then that was evacuated. It was the waters of the Susquehanna and the Paxton Creek were closing in on both sides. Where do you go when you need help? Bob eventually rushed back from work. If anybody of you know Bob, I'm sure he's a great guy. You can read the story for yourself. Bob, he rushed back from work. He could not believe. He really was amazed at how far this river had spread. Now, this was before cell phones. So he had no way to contact Eline. Where was he to go when he needed help finding his wife? He drove all over Harrisburg in this Jeep to all of the various evacuation points that he could find, and she was not in any of them. Eventually, Bob found his wife safe at her uncle's house. When they got to finally go to their home and check on it, they saw that the water had risen eight and a half feet in their first floor. That's nearly to the ceiling. They said the furniture had floated all all over the place. It looked like, I think they said, chocolate pudding had been poured all over their house. Where were they to go? for help. Now, maybe you've never faced a river flooding. I sure pray that we do not. But I can think of many times when I've felt uncertain. I bet that you can. Times that I wished I I even just knew how things were going to turn out so I could prepare myself at least for that. Years ago, when I lived in Kenya, I was driving our pickup truck home from getting some groceries. It was with my sister and a couple of German aid workers. We were chugging up this steep hill. It was a dirt road. When just at the top of the hill, we were ambushed by several armed men with assault rifles. And there was nobody to call for help. There was no way to get out of that situation. I was helpless. I told everybody in the car, unbuckle your seatbelts before the gunmen get to the truck. We had our hands 
in the air. They pulled us out of the truck. They forced the passengers to lay on the ground. They demanded that I open up the back of the truck. From the moment that I saw them on the hill and I registered what was happening and I assessed my lack of options, I began to pray to be able to embrace what was to come and to ask God to show me what can I control in this situation. God gave me the strength to remain calm, to listen to what our anxious robbers were saying, to notice how anxious and nervous they were. So my only goal became to keep them calm so that no one got hurt. I told myself to make sure that they saw us as humans and so that I saw them as humans as well. They took all of our money, most of our belongings, but in the end, they were apologizing to us as they fled into the woods. That day, we lost some things, things that were easy enough to replace, but we were all safe and physically unharmed. Now, I am so grateful to God for assuring me that he was with us through it all, no matter what happened because there was literally nowhere to turn for help. There was nothing to do. And what I was left with, when I quickly understood that fact, what I was left with was enough. And that was the certainty of God actually, really with us. And God in me. Miraculously, that gave me the strength to be calm and present, to help my sisters and friends remain calm, and to help our attackers remain calm. Where do you go when you need help? Well, King David wrote in Psalm 124, our help is in the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help is in the Lord who made heaven and made the earth. Our help is in the Lord. And that is true. Our help comes from God. And that help, well, it's not the kind of help that you find in a book that answers all of the questions. It's not the kind of help that fixes all of the problems and whispers all of directions of what you should do in this situation or that crisis. The help that comes from God is the help that you get when you feel would you know that you have not been left alone to figure it out on your own? The flood waters may be rising, but God will never leave you or forsake you. It's help that comes from knowing in yourself that you have the strength to face any hardship because God made you and God is with you and God is in you and will not leave you. If there is one teaching that you've heard me repeat over and over again to our young people in that moment for children, it is that they are never alone.
all children everywhere in every situation, that they are never alone, that God is with them. That truth is so important because when you know, when you really trust that it is the God who made heaven and earth that is with you, there is no challenge that you cannot face. There is no darkness that will not have at least enough light to find your way out again. So even when someone is meeting with the doctors and they don't have answers or the news isn't good, God is with them walking every step of the way. There is power in the simple faith in God, trusting that God is present, even if and especially if the situation is completely outside of your control. Trusting God is with you can give you the strength to control what you can. And that is how you respond to whatever you're facing. I could not change the fact that we were being robbed. But knowing God was with me gave me the peace of mind and the courage to control how I faced my fear, how I interacted with robbers, how I comfort, comforted my sister. And God saw us through. Bob and Aline and the whole city of Harrisburg could do nothing to keep the Susquehanna River from flooding, much less change the direction of a hurricane. But God was with them. Perhaps that gave Bob and Aline courage when they didn't know where to go. Maybe that gave them peace in those hours when they were apart. Jesus knew in our gospel reading, he knew, they all knew that his time on earth was short and what lay ahead for his disciples would be the greatest crisis of their lives and of their faith. He would not be with them in flesh, incarnate, but he promises them what he promises all of us. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. And that, that, that verb, coming, it's not I in the future will come to you. There will be a time out there when I'll come to you. It is right now I am in the process of coming to you. Because, beloved, Jesus has not left us. God is very much alive, and we are his children. There is never a moment in your life when you have been without your heavenly parent. As Jesus is preparing his disciples for his death and their future struggles, he says over and over again for them to just trust him. He says, believe, just believe in me. Believe me. Believe what I've said. Believe what I've done. Believe me. Jesus teaches that the way that we can show our love for him is to trust him. To trust that he is who he says. To trust that even though we face struggles and even though we may die, that God is present in every struggle and in every death and will bring us through. Trusting, well, trusting people is hard. Trusting what we cannot see is even harder. Philip 
he says, just show us. <laughs> just show us the Father. Just show us the Father. We'll be satisfied. I asked the Sunday school class, do you think he would be satisfied? Jesus says, he wants him to be satisfied with simply having faith. Philip wants to see God, he's not satisfied with what he has seen of God, but Jesus tells us that he has already shown us all that we need to trust. He is not with us in flesh, but neither has he left us. And that is what we celebrate in Pentecost. We celebrate the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is who Jesus says he will send to be our advocate. He says, the advocate, the the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you everything. He'll remind you of everything that I've told you. The Greek word that's used there for advocate, it literally means one who is called to come alongside and help. Helper. Pentecost, Jesus made good on his promise that we are never alone. And the Holy Spirit, who is fully God, is sent to come alongside and help us. That Greek word for advocate also can be translated as comforter and intercessor and the one who encourages. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to help us, to give us courage, to bind us to God, to unite us with each other. In fact, with God's children who are gathered here and those who are gathered with God in eternal life, the Holy Spirit is what unites us all. When the disciples were in their own time of stress, in their own dark night, when they were just begging for signs that everything would be okay, when they were pleading for Jesus to just give them greater proof than he already had, when the disciples were searching the desk drawer for that book to pull out that says, where do you go when you need this kind of help? Well, Jesus calls them into a huddle and he says to them, I've not left you. I am coming to you. And I've sent the help and the comfort and the power of God to be with you. And that is the Holy Spirit. So God is faithful. Just look at how far God has already brought us. Look at what God has already helped you through. So believe him. And let that give you courage. Receive the the peace that comes with that trust that he has given us, his peace, a peace that only his help provides. And then let that fill your hearts with joy. Today, you are not alone, as he said. So do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. 
Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then, may God be with you.